you have your Bible with us, we are going to go ahead and do our Bible decree, something that we hold very dear because we are still allowed to carry this with us. We have been blessed with a book that gives us hope and that gives us life. So go ahead and raise your Bible. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Go ahead and open up this morning as we get into the scripture. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 18 through 25 out of Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and he shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be within child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall be called his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took him unto his wife, and he knew not her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. 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 There's just something about that name. I love that here in the scriptures that it wasn't just said, but it was identified God with Yeshua, Jesus saves. It says that we shall call his name Jesus, the one who came to save his people. Are you ready for Christmas? I saw something this past week on Facebook that said, are you ready for Christmas? And, and the question is, do you have a nativity? Do you have something that represents why you celebrate Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? In our hearts, I think many of us say we are ready for Christmas. But I suppose what is really being asked here is, have you put all of your Christmas decorations up? Have you finished your Christmas shopping? Have you mailed your Christmas cards? Have you put on your calendar all the places you're supposed to go, all the events, and are you ready for Christmas? But I find that we, we meet ourselves oftentimes through this season of coming and going. 
always busy. And many of us know what we call, we call it the what? The Christmas rush. Because we're always rushing. And sometimes the Christmas season does become very, very hectic. And because of that, we tend to forget much of the reason for the season. There was a rather a poignant Christmas story about a little girl who watched her mother and dad getting ready for Christmas. To her, it seemed that dad was preoccupied with burdens and bundles and all the other things that have to go on. And mom was concerned about parties and presents and pedicures. Did I get all the T's in there? Parties, presents, pedicures. And I was trying to think of pop and, you know, but I just stopped with pedicures because it started getting to be a little bit ridiculous. And they just had no time for her. But this little girl identified with and she felt that she was being shoved aside. In fact, it seemed to her that she was always being told, would you please just get out of the way? So one night in December, she knelt beside her bed and she prayed this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, please forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. You see, when I ask the question, are you ready for Christmas? I'm asking about more than your activities. I'm really asking about your heart. Because every once in a while I hear someone say, I just can't get into the Christmas spirit. And I think some of us have said that, and maybe you've said it as well. And with that in mind, let's think once again about what Christmas really means. Because Christmas says that God became a human being. And God expressed his love by living among us, by walking among us, and by talking to us. And truly, that's what Christmas means. But what are the right attitudes we ought to have so that Christmas can really happen in our homes and in our lives? What should we be? So, for a few minutes this morning... We're going to kind of expound on Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. Now, I'm going to do it in a different translation. We already read it, but just listen closely as I read it. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. I always love that. You know, I have a daughter who's this child. You know, and if growing up with my influence in the Baptist background, and we were KJV only, I always used to love the Elizabethan language. So I wouldn't say to people, oh, you're pregnant. I had to just say, oh, you're this child. And today you say that, people look at you with their eyes crossed like, "Mm -hmm, a different character. But I love what the Bible says here. She was with child, but watch what the scriptures have to say. Through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. The Bible says here that he was a good man, that he was a just man, that he was a godly man. And he didn't want exposure to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from what? From the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. 
over. Yahshua, Jesus, the one who saves because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. You see, I like Joseph. He doesn't stand in the spotlight very long. and We don't know a whole lot even about Joseph's life. But Joseph can teach us a lot about his what? His attitude and attitudes that can make Christmas real in our lives as well. So point number one. Accept God's will, whatever it might be. I have three points this morning, and then we'll be, we'll be finished. Accept God's will, whatever it might be. First of all, Joseph teaches us, be ready to accept God's will. Whatever it might be, Joseph was open to the will and leading of God. But I want you this morning to just put, put everything on, on, on halt here, on pause, and just stop. Put yourself in his position. Joseph thought his life was pretty well planned. He was pledged to be married, which means that he and Mary had made all necessary arrangements, and the wedding ceremony was soon to take place. Joseph knew that he would marry Mary and that they would settle down in Nazareth. He would continue on his carpentry business, and they would live happily together ever after. But then Mary came to him and said, uh, Joseph, there's something I have to tell you. I know this might come as a surprise, as much as it's a surprise to me. And we really don't know the narrative about what was said. But I think that if my daughter started feeling some sort of way before her wedding yesterday, and Caitlin had to go to Ryan and say, Ryan, I think I'm with child, I think it would have been a little source of contention up here yesterday. Probably wouldn't have had a wedding. It had been a little off in this room, and the spirit wouldn't have been as special and sweet as it was. And so I can't even imagine how she must have felt in just that pressure. You know, to me, it must have hit him like a bombshell. He thought that Mary loved him as much as he loved her. But now, seemingly, she had been unfaithful to him. And he already knew that the child was not his, and so the only conclusion he could reach was that she was what? That she was unfaithful. She had broken the bond that existed between the two of them. And according to the law, Mary should have been stoned to death. But Joseph loved her so much that he didn't want to do that. So he did, decided to do what? The scriptures tell us to divorce her quietly. And as he was thinking about this, an angel came to Joseph in a dream. And in effect, Joseph trusts God. He is in this. You may not understand all that is happening, but just trust God and everything will be all right. I, I know that even in my own walk and in my own life, just being a pastor over the last 30 years and, and looking at my life and understanding when the Lord has spoke to me and I said, is that really from the Lord? And we all, we've been there because we wrestle with it. Is that the Holy Spirit or is it just the, the enemies that the devil's wrestling with us? I mean, come on. We all know that Tom and Jerry have the greatest depiction of the angel and the devil, right? So every time I ever say I'm wrestling with something, I always think, okay, there they are. 
you know, poor Jerry had, you know, uh, who's the mouse was Jerry? Tom, right? Jerry was the mouse. Tom is the cat. Thomas, thank you. I just had like, I mean, that was a lot of years ago. Okay. So, but Jerry was the little mouse who always became the angel or the devil that was up to that he was wrestling with. We've all been there. We know what it's like to have to wrestle with the Holy Spirit. We've been there. And sometimes we, I know that even today, some of you are going through a lot of, of uh, chaos, a lot of turmoil, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of question marks are in your life. And you're saying, God, all I want is peace on earth. All I want is peace in my life. Just show yourself real to me. And I think of this, and I often think, and I, and I believe that years ago I did the timeline because I, I wondered, once Mary became with child, and we understand that it's nine months, and, uh, but what was that time frame that the Holy Spirit immediately answered that prayer? How many times did Joseph cry? It says there that he thought about divorcing her quietly, putting her away. And yet, I think of that narrative there, and I think, wow, where we all struggle. We all struggle with, God, I want an answer today. I want to see healing today. I want to see provisions in my life today. And God says, hold on there. How about you spend some quality time with me? Because as soon as I answer this prayer, you probably won't be back on your knees. Where does peace come from? Peace comes from that deep relationship with Jesus Christ. Church, I am overwhelmed. I am have butterflies. I'm excited to be right here, right now, standing before all of you. And thank you for coming just to hear the word of God this morning. You're welcome. And it, to me, it is just, it's wonderful to be here, isn't it? And just to hear what God has for us through the Holy Spirit. Yes, I put together messages. But I pray over those messages. I, I saturate them sometimes with tears as I cry out to God and I ask him, please just show your people. Let it become real. I want so badly through this pandemic for people to see revival. To not just lay down and take the influences of what the world has to offer. Because we know that, that Satan is the prince and the power of the air, but we know that Jesus Christ is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere all the time. And he knows each and every one of us because that is our God. That is Emmanuel with us. So where are we at? Joseph was struggling, saying, all I want is just to hear from God. And an angel came and started speaking to him. It's amazing to me. So what it showed me that he was a man of what? He was a man of faith. But sometimes it is hard to live by faith. And God always does what he expects, expects him to do. And maybe it's easy to have faith. But when God doesn't do what we expect, then it's very hard, difficult for us. You see, Joseph trusted God, even though he must have had a list of questions a mile long. He still trusted God because he believed that God's will was the best. We find ourselves much in the same position of Joseph. Christmas comes as a time of peace, but there is conflict. Christmas comes as a time of joy, but there's much sadness. 
Christmas comes as a time of love, that there's much hatred in our world. And so we cry out, like Joseph must have cried out, God, how can this be? How can this be? But like Joseph, we hear a still, small voice of God saying this. Don't you worry. Don't worry. You see, God's ways are not always our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we may never understand everything that God is going to do on this side of heaven. But God says, trust me and I promise you it will all work out for your good. Paul wrote, and we know all things to work together for good. To them that love the Lord and are called according to Christmas happened because Joseph trusted God. And church, child of God, community of believers, we need to learn to trust God's timing and accept God's will and accept his peace. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Listen closely. As Christians, will challenge us to a song that talks about what is peace on earth. Let there be peace, peace to every nation. Let there be hope for all the world to see. Let there be love. Enjoy to all the children, let there be peace on earth for you and me. If I had one wish on my Christmas list, it wouldn't be for presents under my tree. There'd be no more tears for crying. No more wars for fighting, and every mother's child would have enough to eat. So when I get down on my knees to pray, I ask the Lord above to light the way. And let there be peace, peace to every nation, let there be hope for all the let there be love and joy to all the children. Let there be peace on earth for you and me. When I look in the mirror, all I want to see is, is true compassion looking back at me. I want to, I want to love my neighbor. And be the hands and feet of Jesus. Take his love to the least of these. All I'm asking is to be the change. When I get down on my knees, I pray. Let there be peace. Peace to every nation. Let there be hope for all the world to see. Let there be love 
and joy to all the children. Let there be peace on earth for you and me. Let there be peace. Let there be love. Let there be joy for you and me. Let there be peace. Let there be love. Let there be joy for you and me. For you and me. Oh, let there be peace. Peace to every nation. Let there be hope for all the world to see. Let there be love and joy to all the children. Let there be peace on earth for you and me. Let there be peace. Let there be hope for all the world to see. Let there be love and joy to all the children. Let there be peace on earth for you and me. Let there be peace on earth for you and me. Let there be peace on earth for you and me. every one of us. Point number two, learn to care about other people. Learn to care about other people. The second thing that Joseph teaches us is this. We need to learn to care about other people. You know, Joseph's assignment was a pretty simple one. And that is the way we often portray him in our Christmas plays. We picture Mary looking so angelic, don't we? Over here are excited shepherds and over there are the wise men with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In the midst of them, all is, uh, we see that there's the Christ child who's always in the manger. Looking so what? Pure and yet clean. But yet, in many of them, over there on the side stands Joseph. He hasn't just a starring role, but his part is so important. His task is this. Take care of Mary and the baby Jesus. What a responsibility, right? Joseph had the important role of caring for the needs of other people. You see, Christmas comes but once a year. And the season probably causes us to be more sensitive to the needs of others. But there's so much that needs to be done that we often find ourselves, what? Frustrated. Irritated. But still we try maybe the finest descriptive title that can be given to a church is that what? Oh, that church, that's a church that really cares. This is one of my favorite stories. It's about a young couple with an 18-month-old son who had gone to spend a few days with the grandparents at Christmas. Christmas Day fell on Sunday that year. The young father had to be back at work on Monday morning. I can always trust in my wife and my sister when they give me that look. It's not happening. 
Go back to this story. It's a story about a, a little dude. Where Christmas comes but once a year, and the season probably for that little dude and that family was, was busy. And even though it, Christmas fell on Sunday that year, the young father had to be back to work on Monday morning. So right after going to church together, the young family said to the grandparents, they said their goodbyes and set off for home. There weren't many gas stations open since it was Christmas Day, but they did find a truck stop that was open. So they stopped to get fuel and something to eat. They were inside this dimly lit restaurant and sat down and found that they were the only customers there. So they thought at that moment. But then little Eric, their 18-month-old son, said, Heidi, Heidi. He was putting together the two words, hi there, and made them into one, hi there. We know about it because we've all been there as we've interpreted our own children's way they communicate. And every time he said that, there was a response from a table in an alcove near the door over in the corner. Hi there, little boy. Hi there, little boy. They looked at the alcove and saw an old, ragged, tattered-looking man. His coat was several sizes too big, and it was old, torn up, and dirty. His trousers drug the floor. His shoes had holes in them, and his toes actually stuck out. He had an old hat titled, or I'm sorry, tilted to one side, and his face was unshaven. And even when he smiled, it revealed that all of his teeth were gone. And yet, for some reason, little Eric was attracted to this old man. He kept saying, hi there, hi there, and he would give him a wave. And every time, the old man would answer. Finally, the man said, hey, little boy, do you know how to patty cake? Sure enough, from across the room, little Eric started patty caking. Little boy, do you know how to play peekaboo? Sure enough, little Eric hit his eyes and played peekaboo. There was an instant rapport between little Eric and this old man that was sitting over in that dimly lit corner who was obviously a reject of society. Like many of us, his parents felt so uneasy. They were uncomfortable. And so the husband whispered to his wife, let's eat our food and get out of here as quickly as possible. So they gulped it down. Then he said, I'll pay for the food. Please go get Eric out the door. She started toward the door, hoping to get out without any problems. But as they passed him, Eric reached out with both of his arms to this old, ragged man. The old man sat there looking up at the mother and then asked, Would you, would you just let me hold your baby? Really, she didn't have much to say about it because at this time, little Eric had virtually lunged into the arms of this old man. He cradled Eric in one of his hands and patted his back with the other as Eric put his arms around the man's neck and nestled his head on his shoulder. Closing his eyes, the old man just talked to him. Tears started streaming down his cheeks, and for a long moment he had that child, and he loved it. And as he did, he looked up at the mother and said, Ma'am, 
you take good care of this boy? And she answered, oh, I will, sir. Then he handed Eric back and said, thank you. Thank you very much. You have given me the greatest Christmas present. You see, this is how we can make this applicable. Christmas came because Joseph cared about Mary and Jesus. It will also come for us when we learn to care about other people as well. Through the COVID, through sicknesses, emotions are high. And sometimes we have a sense of worrying about more of us instead of other people. I walked in acne and my heart broke. Because as I was walking through the door, I saw these people and they were staring at me and I'm thinking, something must be wrong with me. It looks like my outfit or something. I don't know. I mean, this guy gave me this look. He just stared. Well, in the busyness of this Christmas season, you know, as soon as you hit those doors at that grocery store, you're in there for a purpose. You run in. You leap shelves in a single bound. You tuck and roll and you do the ninja moves all the way to the ketchup aisle. Grab that little thing that you must need, mustard or something. But as I was going in there, I wasn't thinking. And so this man over here is giving me a look. I've got these two people over here giving me a look. And then as soon as I get about this far away, I get this. And this is no exaggeration. And then it hit me. Todd. Where's your mask? At that point, I knew why everybody was staring. They didn't like my cool shoes, my cool gray hair. They didn't like nothing about me. They were judging me. How sad is it? So what did I do? Okay. Out to the car, grab my mask as I'm huffing and puffing, and I'm going to blow that grocery store down. That's how I felt at that moment. But reality is this. I want people to understand what Christmas is all about. And really what a Christian is about. You know, and it's funny because you are in the public eye. And I've married so many people. And I've, I've officiated and, and I've buried. And so people will walk up to me all the time and say, oh, Pastor Todd, how are you? And I'm not saying that in a way like, oh, I'm, I'm popular. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is my wife thinks I'm a big deal. That's right. So does Jesus. But, but reality is, when you're in the public eye, sometimes you think, you know, oh, do I know those people? So sometimes I'll do this. I'm staring them down as they're staring me down. I think we know each other. When in reality, we don't know anything about each other. They're just mad at me because I'm spitting on them or whatever I'm doing. And so this time of the year, all I want to say to each and every one of you is, as you heard, let there be peace. Let there be love. Let's just remember who we are in Christ. Let's understand the importance. Point number three and my last point. Learn to give whatever we have to give. Learn to give whatever we have to give. Thirdly, Christmas came to Joseph because Joseph gave. He gave whatever he had to give. He didn't know that after Jesus was born that he would have to take Mary and the baby into Egypt. 
He didn't know that he would be separated from his hometown and his loved ones there for a long period of time. He didn't know all the demands that would be made on his time and his pocketbook. But whatever God asked him to do, Joseph freely, freely gave. And that's what Christmas is, isn't it? When God gave himself, Christmas happened. When Joseph gave of himself, Christmas happened. There's nothing wrong with giving gifts. But I believe, and I said this yesterday to both Ryan and Caitlin, the greatest gift of all is the gift of love. Oh, this is such a great churchy message. I've heard this before. So how was church today? Well, pastor talked about the greatest gift is the gift of love, and the gift keeps on giving. Sometimes we've dummied it down. I don't want you to dummy it down. I want you to, want you to embrace it. I want you to understand the seriousness of what the gift of love is all about. I love this. This is a story about Wally. He was a seventh grade student who was bigger than any other students in his Sunday school class. His mother had been an alcoholic when he was born, and as a result, Wally just did not have all the mental capabilities that the rest of his classmates had. But somehow, he managed to get by. And so Christmas time came, and his class decided, decided to put on a Christmas pageant. Now, obviously, since he was the biggest, Wally was selected to be the innkeeper. After all, we all know that the innkeeper is kind of a villain in the Christmas drama. So what they did was they coached Wally to be just as mean as he possibly could be. Well, that night came and the Christmas play started. And and then Mary and Joseph came into Bethlehem. So they showed up. They went into the inn and they knocked on the door. Wally opened up the door and said, what do you want? Just as mean and gruff as he could possibly be. Joseph said, excuse me, sir, we need a room. We need a place to stay tonight. Well, you'll have to stay someplace else, said Wally, because there's no room here. There's no room in the inn. Joseph said, but my wife's expecting a baby just at any time. Isn't there just some place that we can stay where we are protected from the cold, where she can deliver her child? No, said Wally. I'm going to tell you again, there is no room here. Suddenly, there was a silence that was on the stage. And it was one of those embarrassing moments when you know someone has forgotten the lines. So from behind the curtain, you could hear the prompter say, Be gone. Be gone. And Wally was supposed to speak But for some reason, he had choked up and he had forgotten to say, be gone. So finally, after he had been coached for several long seconds, Wally managed to say, be gone. At that moment, Mary and Joseph sadly turned to leave. But just as they did, Wally said, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. You can have my room. The director of the play was ready to pull out her hair because she knew that the whole Christmas pageant right at that moment had been ruined. But 
it been ruined? Maybe Wally, better than anybody else, communicated the real spirit of Christmas. You can have my room. God gave us a son that came to this world to save us. Sweet baby Jesus who came down to love us, lying in a manger so far from home to do what? To die on a cross. What about if many of us would say, you can have my life. You can have my life. That is what God said at Christmas time. You can have me. You can have me. I give myself. You see, this is still the greatest gift of all. Sweet baby Jesus came and gave his life and his womb for you and for me. Help me. 
Thank you, Kristen. Let's all rise to our feet as we close. Are you ready for Christmas? I don't know if you will be able to get all your shopping done or not. I don't know if you'll be able to attend all the events that you want to attend this year, especially with this pandemic. But I hope that you are ready in attitude. I hope you're ready for the real spirit of Christmas to come because if you're ready for that, it'll happen. And it'll happen in the greatest way of all. Jesus Christ stands before us today, inviting each and every one of us to make an important decision about our lives and about eternity. He extends his nail-pierced hands and says, I have given my all for you. Will you give your all to me? You have a decision that needs to be made publicly this morning. We pray that you will make that decision. As we stand and as we sing together, I hope that you too can start to reflect in your own life and ask yourself that important question. Is there room in my heart for him? I hope that you're encouraged this morning. Learn to give whatever you have. Learn to love one another. Learn to embrace the spirit of Christmas and understand just how important it is to spread the love of Christ. In our invitation song this morning, we have another special guest before everybody takes off. It's called Here Again. And in this song, I know that the Lord is present today. Do you feel his presence? Amen. He says, where two or more gathered in my name, I'm in the midst, I'm here. So, God, I embrace your love and I embrace your Holy Spirit in this room. Thank you again, Kristen. Come this January, you won't want to miss. Uh, she'll be here to share her story of redemption and grace in her life, share some music. And uh, you guys recognize Kristen because she has been here. You know, she's going to be a part of our church. And, uh, and so she can help in the praise team. Hallelujah. And uh, so anyhow, 
we all have room enough for Christ. You all have a gift. Will you use it this this week? Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you, that Lord, that you are here among us, that you are here with me. Thank you, Father, for your sweet spirit with me. Thank you that you came as Emmanuel with us, God with us. You're Jehovah. You came to save your people. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for your love this Christmas season and this year. Oh, God, help us to demonstrate more love and more kindness and forgiveness than we ever have this year. Thank you for this reminder this morning. Lord, if there's somebody in this room, because I know that there's hearts that are heavy as well, this invitation is for them. Lord, there's many that they just want you to, to fill that void that aren't you filling this Christmas season. So, God, we thank you. And for those that, that even might be watching today, may not always do this, but, Lord, if they're so led that, Lord, I pray that you'll fill that void, that you will be the father to the fatherless, that they will fill your spirit this Christmas season. Thank you for the reminder of a little, little seventh-grade boy that said, you can help my mom. There's enough room here for me. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. In your name we pray. Amen.